everything going for everybody? How's Christmas shopping going? Anybody done with theirs yet? Uh, there, oh, there's one hand. Look at that. All right. Awesome. Do you have, you, can I give you my list? Is that cool? All right. I bought, I bought a Christmas gift this weekend, so I'm on a roll. Like, things are looking good uh, for me. We're, it seems like we're just adding stuff to this season, and uh, um, this this series, we're kind of talking about some of the characters that can give us a window through the stories into the heart of Christmas. It seems like every year we're adding new characters to the Christmas story and to the Christmas season as well. The, the first Christmas, it was just Mary and Joseph and a baby and like a cow hanging out on the side. And then, then the shepherds show up, of course. That's part of the early story there. Um, but pretty soon, you get like Santa and Rudolph showing up and Frosty the Snowman who shows up and becomes a part of the story. You've got the abdominal snowman there in the back who has really good abs, I think is what that name means there. Um, you've also got uh, the VeggieTales, of course, who come and join the Christmas story for us as well. Um, let's see who else we've got here. Of course, Christmas characters Ralphie Parker and Buddy the Elf who become a part of our Christmas observation. The Grinch and then like a whole nother Grinch gets added to the story along the way. And then finally, Kevin, the most important Christmas character of all from Home Alone. And pretty soon, the stable and the story and the season just gets so full and like more awesome as it goes along too, full of characters. But today we're going to talk about one more set of characters that we associate with the Christmas story, and they are the original add-ons to this, uh, to this story. In fact, their add-on status, um, coming from the outside and coming from the unexpected places, is what makes these characters um, such an important part of the story, so important and and so profoundly transgressive. Um, We're talking about the Magi, or the wise men that come. And as we get to know today a little bit about their journey and who they were, their heart, we just might even catch a glimpse of the heart of this Christmas season on our journeys as well. And first, a little bit of what we, what we remember from tradition about the wise men or the magi. In the traditional storytelling, uh, these three wise men make a very dramatic entrance into the story, right? You've got this intimate story of a stable birth and a lowly manger, God among us, and peace and vulnerability. And then, like, what's that that we hear? Like, these dudes in robes show up with gold and cologne, like they're Tom Haverford, showing up to the party, you know, telling Mary, treat yourself, Mary. I got some gifts for you. At least, like, that's how they kind of come into the story for us sometimes. Um, They're interesting figures, not just because they let us do sequins in our Christmas pageant, but because they bring a fascinating perspective into this. They teach us about the universal character of God's heart, God's work in our world, that God's love and God's life, and God's work of justice and joy and peace are for all people in all places, from all backgrounds. And their presence in the Christmas narrative offers us a glimpse of the nation and culture and religion transcending significance of Jesus' way of love amidst our world. And so we ask so often, you know, how do we find the heart of the story? How do we stay focused on that? How do we seek that this season? And I think through through the wise men, we might glimpse a little bit different perspective of that heart and an invitation, some ideas about how we might seek that this season as well. 
We've got to dig in a little bit to uncover this. But first, a little bit of like timeline correction for, for the wise men. And a warning, I'm about to spoil a little bit of like the traditional Christmas story here. I'm so sorry to be that guy uh, today. If you don't want it to be spoiled, just put your fingers in your ears and like hum jingle bells for you. Okay, all right. Everybody ready? That wants this? Okay. In the traditional story that appears in our scripture library, the wise men didn't visit Jesus in the stable that first Christmas night. I know. I'm sorry. I apologize. And they didn't like roll in and totally upstage the shepherds. In the details of the story, it seems like maybe probably in the storytelling, some time has passed. And so here's what the storyteller uh, who wrote the gospel of Matthew, uh, this is the way that they told the story. It says, when they saw the star, this is the wise men, and when they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. And on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. First, they enter a house, um, not a cave or a stable. Uh, and second, it says they saw the child, which was uh, probably a different word in Greek than a newborn infant. And so it, it I know it, it, the story says that Jesus was a special kid, but I think he aged at like a normal rate of development. And so probably it seems like some time has passed before these, uh, these characters show up. And in fact, that's how Christian tradition for thousands of years has regarded the wise men's part of this story. Um, even today, people celebrate the, the wise men's arrival 12 days after Christmas with a celebration called Epiphany. It's the celebration of the wise men showing up uh, 12 days later on January 6th. Um, and that's where we get the 12 days of Christmas and like the 12th night idea. The, the wise men in this Christmas story are supposed to be the grand finale of the 12 days of Christmas. Not those like drummers drumming and pipers piping, but the wise men part of this story are the grand finale because they show us in some ways just how big this story is how wide and broad and universal is God's love and God's work in our world, that it is for all people in all places, always. And that's the grand finale. And so I've got a friend who tries to take this very seriously, and when she sets out her nativity scene, she doesn't put the wise men in the stable, she puts them in the kitchen, like off in the distance, and then slowly over the Christmas season they work their way in until January 6th. And like really, truly, if she really wanted to be faithful to the story, she'd then like take the holy family and put them in the Barbie house, um, just so they'd be in a house there, but you know, you do what you can. Uh, so you're not supposed to even be talking about the wise men today. You're not supposed to do it like this. You're not supposed to be talking about that. But here I am on December 15th talking about the wise men because I'm just a nonconformist rebel, and that's how I roll. But also because I think the fact that these characters show up in the story from outside the region, from outside the religion, as we'll see, from outside the expectation, the fact that they're included in the story at all is remarkable. By the time they arrived, the, the story was over, but the author went out of the way, went out of their way to make sure that their story was told, that they were included. They meant something. They signified something important. And so why? Who were they? So here's how the story begins. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, so after that, see, there, after that, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, where is the child that's been born king of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. And in this are some clues as to who they may have been. The Greek translation that we call uh, here in English, 
um, the wise men. The Greek word is magi that you have, may have heard before. And this is where it gets interesting. Magi is the Greek name for the Persian royal priestly class, probably of the Zoroastrian religion, whose way of seeking to know the world and to know God was through astronomy and astrology. And that's how they understood the world. That was their culture's faith and their culture's science of how they knew and figured out what was true in this world. And they would study the stars to determine the patterns and the principles of the universe and glimpse maybe a little bit of divinity in creation. And in this case, they're seeking after something deeper and something more through their own path and their own understanding. And the story says in that seeking that they saw a light that was beyond them, and they went to investigate. These magi followed their own path, seeking to find truth, to find God, and that seeking drew them into the heart of a story that was for all people. And so maybe this gives us a new understanding of this line from John's telling of the Christmas story, that the true light that gives light to all humanity was coming into the world. And that light is, in so many ways, the simple heart of this story, that God so loves this world, this whole world and all of us in it, and that we see that God is right there in the midst of this life with us in the middle. And in the Jesus who has come to share that heart with us, we see that the love of God is with us, among us and for us and within us, in the midst of real life, in the midst of our journey, in the midst of our seeking, empowering us and calling us on toward the light and the life and the flourishing that we look to and that we're seeking after. So the Magi's story is really like our story, too. Because just in this community, we come from all different places and paths that have led us here. We've been seeking and, and studying in so many different ways and on so many different journeys, but each of us have caught a glimpse of something amidst this life, a light that rises like a star that lifts our eyes a little bit beyond the ordinary and invites us to seek. Maybe it's a glimpse of love or of justice or joy or peace wholeness and belonging and purpose and, and sacredness in the midst of life we long for. It is a glimpse of more. It is a glimpse of the heart, maybe of it all. It's like a star that leads us on in this Christmas season. It invites us, like the Magi, to seek a little further on our journey. And when I talk about seeking like that, it can make seeking seem like this transcendent experience, that we have an epiphany and then we go off to eat, pray, love, and, and pose and get some good Instagram photos, you know, in the places that we go. Sometimes it seems like, you know, we can make it seem like we really need all the answers in order to set out on our seeking. We need to have it figured out to even show up at a place like this, that we're supposed to be answer people, not question people, but it could not be farther from the truth. If the Magi had all the answers, they would not have gone out seeking. And if they hadn't gone looking, despite everything that they didn't know and they didn't have figured out, they never would have found what it was that they were truly looking for. And in that same way, God invites us to seek. Not so that we might have the answers, that we might go on a journey and we might find life along the way. Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen says it like this, When you seek me, you will find me. 
And truly, that invitation and that seeking journey never ends in some ways. In some ways, what we find along the way is, that, is the beauty of seeking and that God is with us on that journey. The beauty of seeking is that we are invited on a dynamic journey to pursue and seek and to question because questions lead us on a quest. They lead us farther than where we are today. And they lead us on toward the heart. And it's never on a straight path, but it is always our path that we are walking with the God who is with us. You may look around at others and say, you know, uh, it looks like they've got it all figured out, right? You know, they've, they've got frankincense and myrrh. They brought gifts to this party. They know what they're doing. But I assure you, we're all seeking after that star that rises a little bit above, one foot in front of the other, sometimes stumbling and fumbling toward epiphany. In fact, I brought a video clip of me on my spiritual journey setting out chasing after that star that I brought that I just showed for you um, today. I think we've got that, Darren. Yeah, there. There we go. Chasing after. That's what the journey of seeking is some, sometimes. And what's amazing is, is that every one of those kids is on their own path. They're in their own lane and chasing after this goal that they're headed toward. But what's so cool about this video is that you can pick any one of those lanes and any one of those kids, and something hilarious is going on in their life on this journey. So, so I'm going to put this back up on the screen, and you pick a lane and follow that kid. And let's watch this one more time. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Who picked the kid in the orange shirt with me? All right, yeah, just like trying to bunny hop over <laughs> that hurdle. Yes, all of us are in our own lane, on our own journey, on our own path. And sometimes it's stumbling and funny, but we are headed in this direction. Just like that in every lane of life. We've all got our own crazy journeys and hurdles, yet on this journey, God invites us to simply put one foot in front of the other and take the next step in our seeking. And this season for us is an invitation to do that. For, for you, for your friends, for your family, for all that are in your sphere, God invites us to seek after the heart that we see in Christ, a heart of love, a heart of God with us, of love that overcomes everything, of light that shines and invites us into the heart of a life-giving story. And so I think the reason that the Magi show up in this story is that from the very beginning, those who met Jesus and heard his teaching and experienced that invitation into the loving heart of God that he embodied. Those who encountered Jesus from the very beginning knew that this was bigger than any one religion or culture, bigger than any one path in a way that transcended and fulfilled all those things. And that when we sought after what Jesus brought, we found something life-giving and true. And so this message of love was light for all people, as it says, because this message was different. It wasn't about us going on a journey to seek after God. It was about a God who's seeking us on our journeys and is with us every step of the way. And at the heart of that is the heart of everything beautiful about this season. That it, that is the story of Emmanuel, God with us. Though God was never far from each one of us in this tiny stable, we see that the heart of God has come near it's no longer about us reaching out and searching for God, but it's about God seeking us and drawing near 
and showing us that God is as close to us as breath in this life, that love is with us every step of our journey, especially those seeking steps. And so this season of so much, we can find ourselves seeking after lots of things along the way. Um, I myself have been seeking after a particular Lego set that has proved a little bit elusive along the way. Um, I will go to Bethlehem to find it if that's what it takes. I'm not afraid. I got 10 days and I got a passport. We're going to get this thing done before the time loop. Uh, or maybe I'll just tell my kids that we're going to celebrate Christmas on Epiphany this time. We'll give myself 12 more days if I need it. But most of all, most of all, I think what we're really seeking um, after the heart of this is, is the heart of what this is about. The heart of Christmas that says that God is with us. That God is with us all and invites us to be with each other in love as well. So how do we, how do we focus on that? How do we focus on that simple and profound love to experience the God who's with us as close as a breath? How do we find that heart and how can we help others find that in our seeking as well. And so I want to turn as we close back to those Magi seekers, because I think they might have a few timeless thoughts for us on our journeys of seeking as well. The first thing is this, find your star. Uh, No matter where you are on your journey, there's a light that rises above that calls us further. Chase after that. So the star was an important tool for navigation. The ancient mariners loved the North Star in particular because while the whole cosmos was spinning, the North Star stayed true. And they looked to it and they could find their way when all around them was swirling. And this season amidst the spinning and the sparkling, find the star that can center you and guide you this season in your time, in your practice, in your seeking, in your observation of the Christmas season. Here's what I mean. How do we seek God? Where do we look for that? Where do we look for that as our guiding star? Well, 1 John 4, 16 says this, we've known and we believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. God is love and abides with us there. And so as we seek the heart of God this season, let love be the star that guides you there. And your friends and your families pursue love in all things this season. In your gift giving, let love be expressed not just in Legos, but in the experience that they bring of creativity and love and togetherness. Um, even even uh, uh, that sweet and special time to be together is a gift. And the most important of all, let love be your star. Love your neighbor and put that into practice. This season, take the time to to listen for a neighbor who needs love in action. A kind word, a cooked meal, an unexpected gift. Involve your friends in that and your kids. Involve your parents in that. And putting that love into practice and pursuing justice and joy and peace in our life with each other. And letting love of God, of neighbor, of ourselves be the star that guides our journey this season. And follow that star wherever it leads. After all, if God is love, then if we pursue that, then we're headed in the right direction on our journey. The second thing is this. Open your expectations. The Magi headed off to find the king of the Jews, they said. Um, 
But what they found was something so unexpected. They found a vulnerable child being raised far from power, not in a Barbie house, even a joke, living and loving right here with us, not in royalty, but in real life. It was the complete inversion of their expectations. Not a king, but yet, when they opened their eyes, what they saw seemed even more perfect and royal and divine, more right than they ever imagined. It seemed exactly like the heart of God they always hoped that they might find so much more. We call that experience that they had an epiphany, an eye-opening, revealing, unexpected finding. And that's the word that we use in our traditional celebration of the Magi. Not today, but later on in January. An epiphany, a revealing, an unexpected finding of what we've always been seeking and more. They found God with us on our journeys along the way. And so this season, things, I promise, will not go as expected. (laughs) The turkey may be dry, the bills may not add up, the schedules and navigating family and households might be harder than expected. Like Kevin, you might find yourself home alone somewhere along the way and have to defend your house with booby traps and, and, and ingenuity. Life can be unexpected, but God is there too. Closer than breath, whispering to us, you belong, you are loved, and I am right here with you. So open your eyes to that epiphany and to the love of God that's with you always, every step of your journey. And open your eyes to each other. God with us means that God is with us all, and so be looking for that divine in each other this season, especially in those unexpected places. The Magi found it revealed in a child, and so perhaps you can glimpse that heart of God in a grandparent or a grocer or a a gardener. It just means that on our journey, take the time to stop long enough to visit, to open our eyes, and to see if we might just find the epiphany in each other. And finally this, let the love you find on your journey transform you. The Magi began their journey pulled between different interests and powers, the story says. The expectations from their home country, the powerful kings like Herod in Jerusalem that they met who were pursuing their own interests. But when the Magi found the unexpected, the unexpected heart of God with them, it changed everything. The child who represented God with us, the message that Jesus embodied for them, the heart of God is seeking all of us long before our seeking even begins, that God is reaching out, that God is with us. When they found that truth, it changed everything. And the powers and the pulls of life just faded away in the light of this new North Star. And so the last verse of the Magi story says this simply. They left for their own country by another way. They went back to their own place to their own path, to their own journey. It continued, but it went back different, by a different way. They embraced what they encountered, and they were different. We'll always be traveling on our journey. The journey is ours. Um, Even if we try to stay in our lane, we're going to be traveling along the way. But when you begin to find the message of the heart of Christmas at the heart of everything, that God so loves you, that God is with you, 
uh, that you are a person beautifully and colorfully made of sacred worth and profound purpose amidst this real life invited to be a part of a great story of love and humanity and divinity and epiphany. And we begin to see that everywhere we look. When we begin to embrace that, we travel our journeys, yes, but different than ever before with life and with love, with flourishing, with heart. It's the heart of the story says that God is with you every step of your journey, every step of your seeking, every step always. And that changes everything. The Magi were more than sharp-dressed folks who showed up fashionably late to a party. They were us, seekers, looking for the heart of this great story. And we're invited into that same journey this season amidst the hunting and shopping and traveling and working. Seeking along the way, we're invited to seek the love of God that we see in Jesus. To seek it in life, in each other, in ourselves, and in the God who is with us. And when we find it, to let it change everything. So find your star, open your expectations, and let love transform you. And let's seek with courage, with adventure, with quests, the loving heart of God we find this Christmas. Let's pray together. Gracious God, thank you for your love for us. A, a love we see in the God who is with us. God, a love we see and experience in each other. A love we experience in the world in so many ways. And sometimes though, in the midst of this difficult life, it can be hard to find it. And so we ask this season that you would help us seek. Show us that light that rises above, that calls us on a little further on our journeys. That light that we see in Christ of your heart with us, calling us to love our neighbor as ourselves. To love God and what God is up to with all we are. May we be people who shine your light, who follow your life, who are instruments of your peace and your hope in our world. Thank you for being with us in our seeking. And this season as we seek, help us to find the life. The life that is with us every step of our way. We pray this in your name.